For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling pop culture and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. What's up, sluts? Yay! I'm going to be the phantom voice of the IndyCast this week. I'm technically here working on shit, but I'm also working on shit, so I will hand this intro over to Zach, who already looks expected. What? Thank you. Yes. I appreciate the handoff. Uh, I don't know if you'll so much be uh, a phantom. You'll be, I, I feel like you'll be the laugh track if we're actually entertaining. Oh, I feel like true. your chackle yeah. will just be in the background. Yeah, I say for anybody who was at I Punk Row. portion of that, by the way. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, no, as Chad was pointing out, we are busy little bees over here. Um, and we just got done uh, helping put together the first ever Punk Pro secret show. And now we are what, less than two weeks away from the next Punk Pro show, so uh, Dance Card's a little busy right now. Yeah, just a touch. But uh, but anyways, intro time. That was the laugh track, Luna. Uh, I am uh, Zach Romero. Joining me on the uh, the podcast this evening, both members of Team Allen, Chad and Shelly, and the theme of this week's episode is, the flu is really shitty, and uh, has caused us to, to reschedule not one, but two guests. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the real shits, and so here we are with an After Dark, but this After Dark is going to start with, um, with, well, before I get to my hard-hitting interview with the Allen family, uh, Chad, real quick, let's start with some humble bragging, uh, tell the fine folks at home what you and I were doing, uh, two Mondays ago. Good, yeah. So, um, interestingly enough, um, obviously we have had uh, Mr. Get Your Shit and himself, Brian Cage, on the show before. He's become a, you know, I would say, Zach, I would say he's become a friend of the show. Would you, would you not agree? Um, sure, I can, we can, we can start promoting that. Why not? Yes. So, um, well, uh, obviously he is now wrestling for uh, TNA, for Impact Wrestling, whatever they're calling it currently. Um, and was in town for a taping here in the Orlando area. Um, he was talking about it on Twitter. Uh, I run the IndyCast uh, Twitter, and I made a um, not-so-subtle... It was originally, you know, it was one of those things where, like, you know how you have a girl that you're interested in, you go and ask her out, <laughs> and if she says yes, you're being, you're being completely serious, and if she says no, you were just kidding. With tears um, in your eyes, you're like, it's just a joke, it's just a joke. So... So that's kind of what this was, is I had made a remark to Mr. Cage on, on Twitter about, hey, since you're in town for a taping, we should have you go to Giordano's um, with us, which was a the pizza place that he had talked about when he was on the show, um, being the greatest pizza ever. And uh, we've tried to, Shelly and I tried to go once before WrestleMania with our roommate. We didn't have the time to actually get the full Chicago-style pizza, because it legitimately takes 45 minutes to cook. Uh, from order because they cooked them to order. Ain't nobody. <laughs> that. Well, you know a lot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Ain't nobody got time for that. But, a, um, a lot of pizzas take 45 minutes to cook when you're just making a goddamn casserole and saying that it's a pizza. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but to my, to my surprise, uh, Brian Cage private messaged us and said, hey, how about Monday? That's the last day we're here for tapings. And uh, Zach and I immediately started doing something to the extent of going, uh, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. You would have uh, thought a hot girl just asked him out. Like, he was, like, breathing heavy and was, like, so excited. I was like, what yes. is happening? Well, that's just because I'm fat. There was, a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of excitement and then, like, cardio kicked in. And it was just downhill from there. Um, but, so, due to that, I, of course, messaged you right away. And we're like, holy shit, look at this. And we're like... Uh, well, apparently we have to make this happen. So, um, you and I, after a, a day full of shoot job, um, kind of went in two separate directions. You went to the Giordano's we were going to meet at to, to get us a table, um, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and I headed to the uh, the tapings for TNA, uh, because I'd never been to a TNA taping before, and it seemed like a good time to, to go check it out, because I could get up there for a good chunk of it at least. So, and uh, see, so yeah, I snagged a table which was uh, uncomfortably packed at that pizza place. Yes. And uh, Chad got to see uh, several showings of, of impact, it, it sounded like. I, I made it through, I think, the, the last taping is what I could, from what I could tell for the most part. Um, or at least the last couple tapings that led up to the, uh, to what's going to be their next pay per view. Because obviously they tape. In the like future, a few weeks of, of shows in advance. So, um, but I definitely did get to see uh, Brian wrestle. Uh, I got to see Sue Young, a uh, friend of the indie cast. She was definitely on the show. I got to see um, Eli Drake uh, in person. I got to see Scott. Well, I probably shouldn't say too much. I might be spoiling. Yeah, you spoiler. Jeez. Like what happened in six weeks? Right. Like so. making somebody's life sad. So if you if you didn't want spoilers, stop listening now. Um, but no, there's definitely a lot of people there. It was a very, it was actually a very good taping. Um, the uh, impact studios that they tape in is actually, they do a great job of making it look much bigger on TV than it actually is. It's literally just a small soundstage. Um, but because of their, you know, their backing, uh, walls that they have that have their, like their imaging and stuff and the way they shoot it, uh, makes it look, look much bigger than it is. And it's, you know. It's a very good, um, exciting atmosphere to actually see wrestling in, especially if you've got an audience that's really into it, like the one that I had when I was there. So, Which, um, yeah, I was going to point out, that's, I think, <laughs> I, I don't want to say unusual, but it is good fortune to be at a TNA sh- uh, taping with actual wrestling fans, because when they're filming, like, during the day on, you know, busy uh, weekends, you're getting a mix of, Hey, here's wrestling fans who know what the hell's going on, and here's tourists who are just looking to get out of the sun for an hour. So right. the fact that you were there with, you know, 100 percent wrestling fans, I'm sure added to the experience. Yeah, and even you know, as we talked to them after the after the show, you know, they had even mentioned that this was a very uh, loud, boisterous Monday night because this is a Monday night. Very so, true. You know, yeah. Quote unquote school night. Um, but they had a packed audience that was very active and very into what was going on. So it was a holiday Monday, so well, true. not actually a school day. 
It's okay. I know you forgot it was a holiday. I did. You had to work. I did have to work, so. Yeah, so then, so, uh, so Chad got to see that adventure. I sat with a bunch of snowbirds at, uh, at this, uh, pizza place. And then, uh, and then Chad informs me that there is a slight, uh, adjustment to the plan. Yes. Um, so, uh, Mr. Cage private messages are IndyCast, uh, Twitter and asked if it is okay if, uh, John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, uh, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, depending on what show you are watching him on uh, in that particular instance, and uh, Taya Valkyrie could, could join along uh, because they've never had Chicago-style pizza before, and uh, Zach and I couldn't figure out a good reason to say no to that one because we'd be idiots if we did. Right. So, and so, uh, so uh, without, because we were sworn to secrecy, um, we can't go into all the details of what we talked about, but needless to say, Chad and I went into the situation as consummate professionals trying to get the exclusive scoop uh, for the IndyCast, and we left as giggling little fanboys who yes. accomplished nothing, and we were just, we felt like we were the coolest people on earth. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. We... And you got great pizza. And the pizza was excellent. That yeah. pizza was good. The pizza was very good. The cheese bread, I could have bathed in. The, the pizza, I was like, oh, it's pretty good. But that cheese bread, that cheese garlic yeah, bread really was to with, die for. You did enjoy the cheesy garlic bread. That was, uh, that was definitely very good, too. But, uh, yeah, that pizza, the pizza was really good. Um, and I think, you know, and like you said, it, it's definitely a casserole. Oh, absolutely. And I think Brian Cage ate, like, four pieces of it. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't back down from Chicago style pizza. So yes. So that's our humble brag story. We're awesome. We live a very crazy life. We got to have pizza with three members of uh, Lucha Underground. So suck it, everybody else. Um, and by the way, funny story on that one. I was actually watching uh, fairly recently on Netflix the second season of Lucha Underground, uh, and I and they were actually in the trios tournament as a team together. There you go. Um, and I showed it to my seven-year-old and said, hey, see these three guys here, uh, these two guys and the girl? Uh, Daddy had pizza with them not too long ago, and uh, she could care less. Good, so, good. As usual, I believe uh, my comment was, isn't Brian Cage a big wrestler? And she goes, yes, and we fangirled about it, and yeah. she couldn't care less that her daddy hung out with them. Yeah. Good. Not really. So, good. So now time for this hard-hitting interview with the Allen clan. So, uh, a little while back, um, I guess it was Fathom Events or something along those lines, uh, yeah. put, in honor of the Disaster Artist uh, going out for award season, they actually put the movie that that film is based on, The Room, Tommy Wiseau's classic, uh, back in theaters for a night. Now, this was unriffed. This wasn't the Rift Tracks version that Luna and I have seen. Uh, this was the legit, just full-blown movie that Chad and Shelley had not seen before. So, I've been waiting to ask you both about this for quite some time now. What did you two think of Tommy Wiseau's The Room? Well, I can tell you, even though, yes, unriffed, um... You would think it was riffed by uh, the large amount of audience participation that happened during the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I recommend anyone who wants to see it should see it with a live audience. Yes. 
the way that we did, especially very super fans who brought all of the uh, required things to throw. The accoutrement. It's very. It has a very Rocky Horror feel to it, um, with the with the audience participation and throwing of throwing of items uh, during the show. So yes. agreed. Okay. So um, glad that you guys had a good time with it. That you didn't just like walk out halfway through. Um, so, so let's talk about what, uh, what kind of questions did you have? Like what were moments that stood out to you as either strange or, um, memorable moments, uh, for the two of you since, uh, myself and Luna have seen this film probably a dozen times. Um, not for want, but just have due to, it's like the ring video. You have to show somebody or you die. So, uh, I've ended up seeing this movie about a dozen times in my life. So, um, what were some moments that stood out to you or things that you had questions about? So, there's a whole scene on the roof with a drug dealer that never comes up again. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Like, this whole scene happens for no sensical reason. Like, Like, oh, we're making a movie. We should throw in this random drug dealer pusher scene like it just didn't make sense well shelly i don't know what more you wanted denny clearly (laughs) owed chris r some money that good chris r shit and he had five minutes to get it to him i don't know what other what what else you wanted do you do you question the mona lisa do you question (laughs) lobster phone by dali no it's it's art (laughs) i i question how how the mom got up there so quickly. That's one thing that, you know, how did Lisa and the mom get, you know, get up there so fast? That was the, the part that got me the most. They were so. riding magical unicorns. Chad. Apparently. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, what, so of all the characters, other than Chris R, uh, what would you say, who was your favorite character? Who was your least favorite character? shows up at the end and is, is chiming in. Oh, the, the replacement Peter? Yes. yes. Yeah, Peter. Uh, and uh, the audience was my favorite on, the, on that one, too, because as soon as he shows up, they're like, the whole audience starts going, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, well, um, because the actor who played Peter told Tommy at the beginning, hey, I only have so, I only have, like, till this time, like, I only have, like, two months that I can film this, and then I'm, I'm, I'm like, moving, or I'm on another project or whatever. And Tommy was like, no, no, it'll be fine, no problem. And they didn't finish filming with him, so after he falls down in the fucking tuxedo scene, that was it. He, he was gone, he was like, I gotta move, sorry. So then they just gave his lines to another character, and just were like, eh, it'll be fine. So, um, so de- definitely didn't like him. Probably my most... Thing. Um, favorite character, interestingly enough, probably actually creepy ass Denny. I don't know why, for some reason. <laughs> he just likes to watch. Because he was such a fucking creep. I don't know. It was really weird that he just was so creepy out of nowhere. So, were you, uh, were either of you outraged by uh, the guy? I don't even remember his fucking name. The dude mm-hmm. with uh, the girlfriend, and they do oh, the yeah, weird. Yeah, the eating the yes. chocolate thing. Did that infuriate you at all? Um, it was so random that, like, it's acceptable to just go 
exit someone else's house right. in the middle of the day. Like, oh, they just do that. And no one seems alarmed by it. Like, well, if I just to... randomly walked into somebody's house, the police would get called. So, like, that couldn't happen it, for everyone. And it's not like they went upstairs to the bedroom. They were trying to get it out on the couch in the living room. It's like, At least if they, like, Here. went upstairs, it would make, you know... That would make maybe a little more sense. Uh, in my opinion, that guy, and and then his weird, like, he has to come back and get his underwear, and then he yeah. tells them about the scene we already saw in the alleyway for no reason. Um, he just has a super punchable face, and so, <laughs> for whatever reason, like, when she puts the chocolate in his mouth, the fucking face he makes while getting blown is just immediately infuriating to me for whatever reason. So, uh... <laughs> So I was curious if you had a similar reaction or if I'm just, uh... Or, uh you know where I really wanted to punch him was the line, me underwears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I got the picture. Yeah, no, that's Bring that's up, really weird. Straight up Undertaker-type thrust to the throat right there would have been completely <laughs> okay at that point. So I think I loved the mom. Oh, the mom's amazing. Mom. She... Yeah, she... She is keeping it real. That she... woman is a, always a hundred. Like... She's too good for that movie, in my opinion. Like she's so, she's so genuine and sweet. And you're like, why are you in this? Like why? And also talking about things that never come up. She got the results back. She definitely has breast cancer. It's definitely cancer. Never talk about it again. Never ever talk about it again. Nobody on screen ever talks about it again. But boy, did every time she come out or come come into the room or come out of the room, it was definitely. Oh, hi, cancer. Oh, bye, cancer. Oh, so, my God. Um, yeah, we had a very interesting crowd. They yeah, really did want to say something all the time, and it was really hilarious. <laughs> did they, did at any point, did they yell, fuck you, Denny? I don't remember if I don't you, think Denny. so. We saw, we saw it with a, with a rowdy crowd once, and when, um, when is the scene? Hmm. Somebody, like, bumps Denny with their shoulder. I don't remember. I think it's like when they're walking down the, walking off the roof or something like that. Somebody bumps Denny with their shoulder, and somebody in the crowd just yelled, "Fuck you, Denny!" And it was the funniest goddamn shit on the planet. Uh, all right, so, so. Maybe someone did. I just don't remember that. So, final two questions. Final two questions about the room. Uh, number one, uh, what, at the end, did the crowd chant anything at the last scene with with uh, with Tommy? Uh, I believe do it. Yeah. We no, had a lot no, of doing no, no. it. Do it, Tommy. Alright, so you guys haven't lived until you've seen the room with people who know the room more than anybody should know the room. Knew the knew all the lyrics to the weird like wannabe boys to men yeah, songs. The You're and My stuff. Rose song where the lyrics are only You're My Rose. So at the end there's a couple of like Rocky Horror esque chants. Like during the tracking shots, it's just go, 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 yeah, true. tracking shots. It just goes for it. Good, good. So at the end, uh when he's writhing with the dress the chant of fuck that dress comes up naturally because fuck that dress and then when he goes for the gun it's the kill yourself chant yeah there was fucking why not kill yourself became do it was just do it because everybody saw what was going on so it was do it do it do it and then it and then a, a really weird cheer when he shot himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, because at that point, everything yeah, 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 yeah. It's like New Year's. And then we had some yelling about, like, why everyone's just standing over a dead body. Like, also true. Right. <laughs> or, so, uh, 
or a, a definite uh, um, uh, fuck that belly button chant during the the sex scene that actually the same sex scene that happens twice in the movie. Yes, it certainly it, does. It is legitimately that they just clip clip and edit it right back into the to the second half of the movie, and that was okay apparently. Well, and like, and and. Uh... Well, let me ask. Let me ask my final question here. So now that you guys have seen it, you've experienced it. Uh, a, do you want to see that? Do you have any interest in seeing the Disaster Artist, which is the film about the making of the Room? And B, would you now rec- Are you going to own a copy of the Room? And will you be like bringing it up at parties and things like that? There's a drink. So to the first part of the question, yes, I think we were interested in seeing the Disaster Artist anyway. Yeah. But this just like fueled our interest to want to see it. Uh, and B, uh, Tommy Wiseau actually on his webpage has a wonderful um, uh, package deal that you can pick up, which is the the Blu-ray of the movie and a pair of Tommy Wiseau underwear that I'm actually thinking of picking up. So, Well, I will tell you as a proud owner of a pair of Tommy Wiseau underwear... They are very uncomfortably made, and they are very tight-fitting. So. They do have a pocket. No. They do have a pocket to stick your stupid uh, comments in, though. So that's good. <laughs> that is sewn in. Um, now, yeah, now, Chad... We definitely want a copy. Let's... Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. The, the curse lives on. Uh, yeah. Now, Chad, you pointed out that one of the more uncomfortable things about The Room is that within the first, basically, 12 minutes of that movie, you have two uncomfortably long, very uncomfortable sex scenes. Yes. Now, if you remember, way back at least a year ago, we had Brittany Wonder on the show. Yes. And she talked about that that was the movie that she would always play for first dates when they would go back to her place. And it was sort of like a test, sort of? Like, are we going to get along? Do you find this funny? Like, it was sort of her personality quiz was watching The Room. And I brought up that, now that you've seen it, that sends a lot of mixed messages. Because if you don't know about it, you would go, hey, this is a really terrible porno that you're showing me. Because it starts with the really weird, extended, very ugly sex scenes. So, I thought... And that was kind of a dangerous game to play of like, hey, let's watch this Skinamax softcore porno and uh, and get to know each other. Like, uh, that might be sending some mixed signals and until the underwear scene and then there's just no boners anymore. Right. No, actually, really, you lose, you especially lose the boner at um, the scene where Lisa is talking to, I think it's like her friend that I don't know if they ever name. Her best friend. That's whoever her best friend is. And she's got that weird, like, bulge going on on her neck. <laughs> that is a very like, strange uh, positioning, and yes, it doesn't look flattering. Any boner you, you may have had previous to that should be gone as soon as her frog neck kicks in. And then it's like, I, it, I think it took me three days to get a boner again. That's good, just, good that's just way hotter good. than the primary character. So, like, the whole movie, I'm like... You think she's hotter than Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau's goddamn dreamy. <laughs> yeah, that horrifying Skeletor cosplay with, like, some silly putty <laughs> stretched over it is definitely got it going on. I oh, hi, Mark. I can't have two of us who are kind of spaced out all the time. Well. So, like, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you know. But, yeah, yeah, her best friend is way hotter. Oh, the best 
oh, the best friend. Yeah, no, no, no. The best friend is definitely way hotter. You're, you're not wrong. Also, I, I, I love, uh, what did you think of the, um, the, the fight between Johnny and Mark at the party? Really lame. Really lame. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, um, uh, uh, they live level of, uh, of fight choreography <laughs> right there. Um, and then other final, final question um, what, if any, quotes from the room have you already incorporated into your life? My cell phone actually has a, uh, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, as a notification sound now. Excellent, excellent. I knew you did. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. I don't have one yet. Because yeah. Chad's in charge of all of my sound notifications. That's yeah, true. she gives me the phone and I just download stuff, so. That's good. That's so good. it's always random. And I never know what it is. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Which the audience like screamed with the fervor of you know uh, a, a very excited audience to be able to sing along with that one. Um, same with the what is it? I didn't hit her. It's not true. I did not. Um, it's bullshit. Oh hi, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that one they definitely sang along with that as well. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely, well, definitely grab the, uh, had to grab that sound bite pretty quickly. I was also trying to actually find the, uh, the what I called the love theme from the room as a ringtone, and was having a problem finding <laughs> that. So. Luna, what are some what are some uh, room quotes that we use? Oh hi doggy. That's true. Um, we do say oh hi doggy. Do the dog a lot. Um, I definitely have breast cancer. Yeah, and uh, keep your stupid <laughs> comments in your pocket. Yeah. Well, how's your sex life? Is a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I think we do the your don't be a chicken cheap 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 oh, cheap yeah. like that's cheep, cheep, cheep. Oh, yeah. yeah we cheap 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 it from time to time. Yeah. Um, I should totally get that as a as a notification. The cheap cheap cheap. Also, yeah, also, uh, everyone betray me. I fed up with this world. Yeah. Uh, that's that's utilized sometimes. Um, so now, one thing that actually right after we did go and see this uh, that Luna had mentioned is. Uh, now we need to all get together at some point, you know, whenever all of our schedules free up in that, that, you know, alternate universe, um, but, and do the, and watch it again, but this time with there, I guess there's a drinking game. There is definitely a drinking game. Um, oh, that's true. Oh, that is true. We do, we do quote Denny's, you're not my fucking mother a lot. Uh, we do do that one on quite a bit. Um, Yeah, there's definitely a drinking game, and uh, it's very ridiculous. And there are some similarities to the uh, the seeing it live, like during the tracking shots, you're supposed to chug, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, no, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I'm assuming every time somebody says "oh hi," no, actually, every every time someone enters a room, um. Anytime you see uh, spoons in the shot, because yeah. if you notice, all of the wall art all have spoons on them because uh, uh, they didn't I think. Enjoyed that... the raining of spoons that yeah. happened on us. Somebody every definitely, time. somebody definitely bought a, a huge box of plastic, plastic spoons, and um, that box had to be empty by the time we left because it yeah. was all on the floor. Yeah, every time. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Very ridiculous. Great. So. Um, so last I checked, this was a this was a, a wrestling podcast. So we should probably talk a little bit about wrestling. Um, so well, here then, Mister Mayor, let me let me reverse it on you real quick. Oh, oh my! Um, B, 
because obviously this past weekend mm-hmm. uh, was originally going to be uh, Ignite Wrestling's two-year anniversary show, which that is we're correct. going to be doing the, the ring announcing and commentary for. Um, but due to issues beyond the control of Ignite Wrestling, they had to cancel that. The biggest concern was at the time that um, fans were going to get their tickets refunded. They'll try to reschedule. Sorry to the wrestlers, but... Um, you guys at Fully Gimmick decided to kind of jump on that and say, you know what, we'll turn it into a Fully Gimmick show on four days' notice. Yes. Uh, we'll turn it into a Punk Pro show and uh, kind of take it over from there. So talk a little bit about uh, what happened to uh, to get to that uh, to, to that point and the, uh, the lead-up to what ended up being Punk Pro Wrestling's Dirty Little Secret. Well, um as you point, as you set up perfectly, you know the plan was for Ignite to run their two-year anniversary show. That got derailed, and uh, you know Luna, myself, the other uh, powers of B at Punk Pro and Fully Gimmicked, we looked over the roster that was supposed to be coming down. Um, some of them were even already sort of like in route. Some of them from further up north, and we said, you know, it's a shame to lose all this talent, and tell them, hey, you know, too bad, so sad, and on such short notice. It was going to be very difficult for a lot of those people to get bookings, you know, that basically we were almost into the weekend, you know, already. And so we said, you know what, we could probably call in some favors, you know, um, and put this thing on. And we did. And everybody who was a part of it was unbelievable. Um, the Team Vision Dojo was super great. They they were super accommodating. Um, Carlos Lucha, who filmed it, was great. Everybody who who uh, participated, all the fans who came out to it, because you know, as much as we had, you know, a few people who had bought tickets for Ignite already. By and large, we were basically starting from scratch in terms of promotion with four days before the show. So uh, we hustled, uh, as uh, as I believe Aaron Epic pointed out, that the night that it was announced that Fully Gimmicks was taking over the booking. That same evening, there was already an event poster made. So, like, we really, really hustled to uh, to get this thing up and running to not make it look like it was four days before and that was it. We wanted it to look like, hey, this has been the plan from the start, or at least as close to that as we could. And I would like to state for the record, by the way, I'm quite disappointed. I meant to walk out with a show poster and did not, so if you have extras, please hold on to the side. We will definitely put one to the side for you. But, um... As somebody uh, in the audience, uh, I guess now affectionately referred to as the Peanut Gallery. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> yeah. So, because, uh, so in addition to this being a crazy punk pro secret show, which had a fantastic uh, group of performers and was just an, uh, one of the, my favorite shows, I think that I've ever gotten to see and that we've ever been a part of. I think it was just unbelievable. It worked out so well. But in addition to that. It also marked uh, an occasion of the entire Wrestling Nerd Radio Network all in attendance, all in one uh, foul uh, swoop, basically being their own riff tracks and commentary team during the show. So much facial hair. It was a lot of facial hair. A lot of facial hair. Yeah, definitely a lot of lot of beardy. Uh, between the between the four of us. Uh, now, I uh, I was unfortunately on the clock. I was doing uh, the yeah. ring announcing still, but uh, but yes, both members of Team Hammerfist and our very own Chad Allen uh, were uh, th- they carried basically the the crowd on their back. Uh, 
they led a lot of chants, they were uh, loud and proud in the crowd, and as I pointed out about halfway through the show, the smaller section of the crowd, because the crowd was split on two sides of the ring, the smaller section, which was maybe six people, was a thousand times louder than the, like, 40 people who were on the other side of the ring. Yes. So, again, you, you, you three were carrying the audience on your backs, as it were. Uh, I, we definitely did have uh, a couple other uh, friends of mine, Mike, uh, Michael and Mike Burnett, who were uh, in the audience as well, who I've uh, become buddies with um, through other wrestling shows. He tends to show up a lot to the uh, WWN family of shows, especially at the Orpheum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've gotten to know him through that, and he was definitely on our side of the audience as well. It's true. Uh, and I, I would like to give him some of the credit for uh, for uh, egging us on <laughs> at points. So uh, you can you can definitely blame Mike for for some of that. Um, egging on? No, not really. Not really, but yeah. you know, more of an I, excuse, I like really. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I definitely want to say first off, um, probably one of my favorite live shows that I've been to, and I'm not saying that just because it's you guys that ran it. Um, but it was legitimately a blast of a show. Um, a great mix of, like, good high-flying, uh, hardcore, and, um, you know, some of the weirdest, like, you know, a match broke out into a game of musical chairs at one point. That's true. So, I mean, that's to give you an idea of kind of how all over this show was, um, it had a little something for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when when that show comes out, is it going to end up on YouTube? Is that kind of the plan for? I it? don't know yet. Um, I'm I'm guessing probably um, it'll show up in in an edited form, um, and edited not necessarily for content, just like for camera angles and commentary and right. things like that. Um, but it will end up online um, soon enough. And uh, and like I said at the start of the show. You know, we're, we're less than two weeks away from the next Punk Pro show, so I don't know exactly when the secret show is going to go up, but uh, it will come up soon. And yeah, it was absolutely a blast. It was so much fun. And a lot of new talent that I, ha- that I wasn't familiar with, uh, that I was very impressed by. And no, just like everybody just kicked the shit out of it. It was great. It was really wonderful. Um, and I was super proud of it. And everybody there seemed to have a good time. So, uh, overall, I would say it was a booming success, um, especially for a secret show that, you know, had four days notice. Yeah. And like I said, it, it drew, you know, again, for a show that had four days notice, drew a pretty darn good audience that was, you know, seemed into it the entire time, even though they weren't quite as loud as, uh, <laughs> three of you, the, the, you know, us and Hammerfist were, but you know. That's okay. Which, so. uh, just as a side note, uh, Chad, I do have the footage from our hard cam, and which, you you which, three definitely provide the commentary track on that side, because that camera was about three feet away from you, so right. you can 100% hear the three of you uh, as you're doing the three-man variation of, like, the old men from the Muppets. Um <laughs> And you can also hear Luna laughing through most of the show as well. That's yes. Because yeah. Luna's right, right by us. At one point, did, uh, did it come through when you told Luna to stop, stop, egging, stop, uh, stop egging them on? Stop or encouraging them? Uh, I'm sure you, uh, that probably comes up, yes. 
Yeah, Zach totally chastised Luna at one point for encouraging the other three of us. And, yeah. Uh, Luna's laughter, uh, first off, was excellent, but also uh, we needed, we obviously needed no encouragement. Right, it was fueling the fire, and I was trying to put a stop yeah. to it. Um, so, Chad, I don't, I don't want to necessarily go through each match point by point on this particular episode, um, but I did want to get your thoughts on what you thought the, without giving too much away, what you thought the match of the night was in your opinion. Um, uh, I'm going to give a top three because it's hard to really narrow it down to one, but obviously the Punk Pro Championship match with Aaron Epic and Trip Cassidy was amazing, uh, and violent as all get out, um, the get your shit in title match, um, especially for introducing us to the Clover Clan. Yes, yes. Um, They're picking up a lot of momentum here in the South. I've come across them a few times. and uh, was amazing. Yeah, glad you liked that. And, um... Hmm. I'm having a hard time between the, the Elevate title match with Serpentico, which was amazing... Uh, or, uh, I think your Dark Horse match of the show has to be, uh, Sean Kemp. Oh, Sean Kemp and, uh, uh, and Slade Porter? And Slade Porter. Um, because Kemp definitely took his mutt gimmick to a whole new level and was an absolute blast to watch during that match. But it, it, it's really, like I said, I'll be honest it is legitimately hard to really pick out like favorite matches on that one. And I think everybody in the audience would probably almost have different answers. Yeah. I was going to say, cause my dark horse one would be, uh, Troy Hollywood and, uh, Jonathan Wolf. I was, was amazing ve- as well. I was incredibly Jonathan impressed with that match. Who had, a, who had a wonderful conversation with us that apparently, uh, uh, Mexico, Indiana is actually a place. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you guys were trying to fact check him on that. Well, he, yeah, we, he was he was willing very much willing to uh, to give us the like you know come visit Mexico Indiana uh, spiel uh, before the match started which I thought was pretty funny so <laughs> he's a professional wrestler and a, and a uh, travel agent yes exactly to which to which also gave one of the boys from Hamifist the the uh, what what sounded racist but really was an opportunity to yell go back to Mexico Indiana right after that match was over <laughs> so. Oh dear. Um, but yes, yeah, so the show was a success. Uh, and obviously, like I said, thanks to everybody who came out there. Um, and uh, we were super thrilled with it. And like I said, it should be up in its entirety here in the near future. Um, and then, like I said, the other two major things are uh, we have the next Punk Pro show February the 11th in Port Ritchie at the Gulfview Event Center. It's a Sunday show, uh, it's an early show, I believe. Showtime starts at 6, so we're trying to get everybody out, you know, early so because it's a school night. Um, we've got the <sighs> Punk Pro fully gimmick titles on the line between Kurt Stallion and Aaron Epic, uh, as well as the Get Your Shit In title, which we'll be announcing um, some more competitors for this coming week, I believe. Um, also, John Davis versus Chip Day, which is going to be... Uh, disgusting. I assume it's going to be a snuff film. Yeah, as I say, I don't know why we don't like Chip. Yeah, I don't know if Chip owes us money or something, but uh, in any case, he's he's in trouble. Um, 
We've got uh, Hunter Law, Slade Porter, Troy Hollywood, Jamie Senegal, Aria Blake. There's uh, a ton of talent's going to be there. And we've got uh, Izzy Mania and uh, local radio guy uh, John Senning are both going to be in attendance. Uh, the show's going to be incredible. So definitely make plans to come down. It's going to be worth it. February the 11th. And then the other thing we have to mention is uh, friend of the indie cast, ambassador to Fully Gimmicked, and our favorite war pony, Jake Parnell, uh, recently had um, an accident, I guess you could say, during a wrestling match with other ambassador, friend, etc., etc., Gary J. And to put it lightly, uh, Jake Parnell's face is fucked right now. Uh, He has a huge tear in his face where his mouth used to close normally. And so he's gotten stitched up and he's healing, but medical bills are very pricey. So right now we're really pushing to do a lot of good merch for him so that he can have money in his pocket to pay doctors to put his beautiful face back together. Um, So those are the two major things. Punk Pro, February 11th. Uh, Jake Parnell merch. Go to fullygimmick.com. You'll see he has a whole section there that you can... uh, you can buy some stuff, support him, put some money in his pocket, put his face back together. Everyone's been coming together huge for that. It's been really heartwarming. Uh, we've sold a bunch of merch boxes for him. And so, um, you know, we're hoping for good things. And so, he'll. Ho- I, I think he said two weeks, which is fucking ridiculous. He says he'll be back wrestling in two weeks. Um, I don't know that for sure. I'm not going to blow up a spot. But supposedly, he'll be back to work uh, shortly. And, uh, yeah, everything is insane right now. And uh, we're doing Punk Pro again in less than two weeks. Should be a good show. You, awesome. should, be, you should be out there for it. That's right. Exactly. Anywhere in the state of Florida or Georgia or... Anywhere in the South. Take a plane if you have to. This show's going to be yeah, fucking exactly. ridiculous. I think this might be the first time that I get to go to a wrestling show without you. This is true. I My shoe job is sending me completely across the country, or I promise I would... Uh, I would be there in attendance, I will be there in spirit, and have to wait for the video, sadly. That's but, true, that's true. But I but I did get to say, I can say I was there for the, uh, for Dirty Little Secret, so that, that's makes, true. that makes me happy. That's so. true. Um, and so, yeah, so that's all the things. Anything else that we need to mention? Any other pieces of business we need to do? I believe Filsinger Games is dropping some new Chikara uh, cards this week, as this is going out, because I know they were just... Um, Hyping uh, Whisper was getting a card. Um, and the art looks really good, actually. Um, working on new stuff with Buckshot. Uh, there should be an updated coloring book here in the near future. Uh, anything else? Anything else that uh, we need to mention? Oh! Oh, my God! How could I have forgotten? There's a whole other go- another goddamn podcast to listen to now. Um, Chad Allen has, has branched out. Um... And has started a new project. Uh, Chad, tell everyone about it. Yep, yeah, go, uh, please, if you're already subscribed to this network, you've probably heard it already. But if you're not, please, first off, please subscribe. SoundCloud.com slash WRNR, Wrestling, WNRN, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. There you go. Uh, and, li- and listen to the Golden Guys. Uh, it is myself. It is Rick the Sussman Sussman. And we're kind of taking little trips down memory lane and uh, revisiting uh, high moments in, in past wrestling history. We've talked about Hulk Hogan winning the title from the Iron Sheik. Uh, we've talked about the war to settle the score between Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan, so we've kind of had a couple Hogan shows. 
Uh, I think the next one we're planning on going uh, uh, NWA, Crockett Promotions type of setup, so probably something with Dusty. Uh, We haven't decided what yet, but uh, be on the lookout for the next episode of that coming up pretty soon. And uh, keep listening. Yeah, listen in. We've had had some... A good turnout for the last couple episodes, and we uh, we hope that people are interested enough to uh, to keep up with that. Yeah, the show is a lot of fun. I've edited it, so I would know. And um, you guys do great work, and so we're glad to be branching out further with the radio network. And uh, and, and yeah. don't forget to listen to uh, obviously Team Amethyst when they have their Russell Russell Cross whenever shows uh, when they go up. Um, also here on the network. So if you uh, you've got us to cover the independent scene. You've got those guys to cover WWE, and then you've got me and Sussman covering the uh, covering the past, so the olden days. We've got the we've got kind of the whole wrestling world covered right now. We are. We're going to take over the world. So, with all that said, that was all of our uh, doing business in the money zone. There, we so, got our shit in. That's right. We got all our shit in. Um, so, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of IndieCast After Dark. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back on track here shortly, bringing you plenty of guests and more talking about, like, dicks and stuff, uh, as per usual. And uh, so, yeah, for everybody here, uh, thank you all for listening. As always, I am the sexually aggressive koala. Uh, I am Coculus Maximus. I am Booby Fat. I'm Duchess on Fingerbang. Until next time, everybody. Deuces! Deuces!